I am indeed concerned by the increased tensions within our homes. Cases of gender-based violence have increased, mental health issues worsened, and instances of teenage pregnancy have also escalated. I appeal to all our social institutions, including our religious institutions, to exercise civic responsibility to bring these unfortunate trends to an end. So what is moving you should actually move me. So if it is moving you that 11-year-olds are getting pregnant and having triplets, it should equally move me. But we are not going to deal with it by shelving the bill. We must confront what is in our society. Hi, my name is Sophia Rajablatapen, creator and host of the Dear Law Podcast. Now, in this podcast, we have focused a lot on sexual harassment. However, in light of the COVID-19 pandemic and its devastating impact on sexual and gender-based violence, we thought it would be important to talk about an issue that is being treated with a disturbing amount of flippancy. A Form 4 student looking forward to sit her KCSC exams at the end of the year is among the 4,000 cases of underage children that have fallen pregnant between January and May in Machakos County. Joan is carrying a three-month pregnancy. I was in a relationship with that boy. Then I found myself pregnant. So I have decided to give birth and just grew up my child. Wastiana elfine wame pachikwa mimba. Na ni namba kubwa sana. Me, I'm proud. I, I got pregnant. My mom was there. Akangoje yes. got the kid, so she asked, Unatakaaje, are you mm. going back to school? She didn't send me away. The breakdown provided by Ms. Mudama shows Masinga sub-county leading with 104 cases of pregnancies of children between the ages of 10 to 14 and a whopping 601 cases for those in the 15 to 19 age bracket. Earth River has seven pregnancies for minors aged 10 to 14 and 561 for those between 15 and 19. Mwala and Matungulu sub-counties also recorded more than 500 cases of teen pregnancies. Did these children go and report that they are pregnant? Who is giving us these figures? Because they seem to be definitive figures. Could some NGOs who are keen on pushing sexual education be using these uh, exaggerated numbers? Na mambo ya corona. Watu walikuwa serikali ilikuwa inaweka kidole kwa walimu. Walimu wakisema tunataka watoto wakae hapo for tuition. Wanasema, "Oh, walimu wanataka tu pesa." Sasa si wamejionea. Si wameshindwa kukaa na watoto wao wenyewe nyumbani. Hii muda hii kidogo tu unasikia maelfu na maelfu wamepata mimba. Hongera walimu kwa kazi mzuri. Watu lazima waheshimu walimu. Having listened to these remarks, I was honestly shocked, disappointed, angry, annoyed. And one night after news, I just picked up my phone and ranted. And here it is. The rant. I'm, I'm just tired because this blame game. Who's to blame? Parents. Are parents to blame? Because for me, the thing that is constantly missing, constantly missing, is... The actual adolescent girl at the center of this, her life, her well-being, because we're so quick to judge 
to create stigma around teenage pregnancy and we don't leave these kids with any choice so what should they do no one's talking to them about sex no one's giving them advice people are judging them even if they mention the word sex and so they they kids they they they're going to experiment and then here we are as adults knowing better of trying to like prevent any frustrate any attempt to deal with this issue pragmatically and i can assure you we're not spending our nights and days in the ngo sector thinking about how many teenage girls are we going to get pregnant which is what are the frameworks in which we're going to teach teenage girls how to have sex let go, let them go forth ye and have sex that's not what we want we're in this because we want to protect children but protecting children also means that we have to be pragmatic because what is the point that every time we're trying to create legislation move the conversation forward adolescents need sexuality education they need that they need information about family planning if they are going to engage in sex because they will right whether it's consensual or not then for me it is how do we then protect that choice and even if we don't agree with it it's going to happen and so teenage pregnancies did not start with covid this is a thing that we've been talking about for years This is an adolescent sexual and reproductive health policy, a Ministry of Health document. And whenever we're out there trying to educate people about this document, we're met with so much opposition from the church. It's a Ministry of Health document. It talks about the rights of adolescents to access sexual and reproductive health care, which includes information and products. Contrast, you might not like it, but that's what the law says. They have that right. and then teenagers are getting pregnant you're not affected by that pregnancy that life being messed up is not a consequence that you will experience so who are you to speak on their behalf and adolescents will be desperate some of them will turn to the only option that they think that they have which is unsafe abortion and when we're also working on unsafe abortion there's again so much opposition because i can assure you we're not out here telling women please go get pregnant so that you can abort that is ridiculous we're trying to save women because we understand the numbers we understand the statistics but we understand the dignity that's behind those statistics jmn was one of the cases that was worked on by civil society organizations in this sector And Jamen had an unsafe abortion. She was desperate. She had an unsafe abortion that eventually led to her death. And civil society organizations filed a case on her behalf because of the consequences, because of the effects of that unsafe abortion. There was a policy that was put in place after we passed the constitution to provide a framework for safe abortion. Who can provide a legal abortion? When can a legal abortion be done? It's not that we're saying that everybody is eligible you have to be eligible based on the framework in the constitution. We're not fighting with the church. We agree that life starts at conception. Cool. You got you got it. Okay? But in the same constitution is a legally recognized exception that if the life or the health of the mother is at risk and it's the mother it's not an adult it includes a child who is a mother they have the right to access a legal abortion and then the government takes that off the table why because of the church and what happens jemen gets a, an an unsafe abortion 
which results in a myriad of health consequences and complications. Kidney failure, her insides were rotting, right? And this eventually led to her death. And before even the case was concluded, she died. And this is not an issue of money for us. This is the lives and dignity of women that are the center of the cases that we actually do. And Martin Unyangu, who was on record in that case, went to her funeral because that is the kind of work that we do. And when the judgment was being passed, Justice Mubingugi acknowledged there is nothing that can be done in terms of compensating the mother of JMN. There's no money that can compensate the life of a, of, of a child. She didn't even get to her 18th birthday. And so now the case is won, but the policies are still not being effected. And so the things that we talk about, the frameworks that we talk about, that are anchored on the Constitution, we're trying to strengthen the legislative and policy framework as we speak. Susan Kihika has introduced a bill in Parliament, the Reproductive Health Bill, that seeks to strengthen the framework that is in the Health Act on adolescents actually generally accessing sexual and reproductive health care. This is something that is already in the Constitution. We're not really inventing the Constitution here. And yet, you have news stories like this. I am going to lobby the cabinet, and by extension, His Excellency the President, that they consider changing the law to block information related to pornography from being accessed by all and sundry in this country. I think it is wise and it is proper to call a spade a spade. And also, because you see, when you are not thinking about sex, but somebody opens the pornographic page, then you start thinking about it, and you start generating ideas. By the way, why is that site accessible in Kenya? Who needs it? What were you doing when these children were being abused? Normalizes underage sex and goes further to open the door for children between the ages of 10 to 17 that they should receive contraceptives, safe apportion, and comprehensive sexuality education, which teaches that sex is for pleasure and that sexual pleasure is a right. And in that entire panel, there was no woman. Great. Thank you guys for giving us your perspective. You're not the ones who are getting pregnant. You're not the ones who are burdened. Because the issue about accountability is separate. Because even if somebody is convicted of defilement, that does nothing for the life and well-being of the adolescent who was defiled in terms of her life moving forward. This is the hypocrisy of the church. You care about the adolescent during the pregnancy. And by the way, even the extent of your caring for this adolescent who is carrying is that do not abort. You're not caring about her well-being. You're not caring about the implications of, of that pregnancy in her education. You don't care. And the church is so moralistic. And if you get pregnant, just keep the pregnancy and then you sort yourself out later. That is crazy to me. You're not here creating programs for adolescents to take care of their children. So don't be out here trying to 
impose your moralistic view and then you are not part of creating solutions. I need you to come to the table and create solutions because it is unfair. It is unfair to place this burden on adolescent girls. It's unfair. They need to figure out how not to get pregnant. And it's not like the government doesn't have these statistics. We, they, we've been showing these statistics over and over again, year in, year out. We are outraged by the number of teenage pregnancies. And I can assure you, the civil society organizations working in this area, we do not, we would rather see no teenage girl pregnant if it is unwanted. But that is the reality of the situation that it is right now. And whenever we're trying to propose pragmatic solutions, and by the way, these are not solutions that we've invented. These are solutions that are in law. These are solutions that the government has already acquiesced to. We are drawing from international treaties that the government has signed and ratified. The government has bound itself to these obligations towards adolescents. The government has bound itself through the constitution. The government is bound to provide these services. And every time there's an attempt to provide adolescents with even education, information, just information, there will be so much resistance because of morality. And you can say that we are a Christian nation. We are. But teenage pregnancies still happen in this Christian nation. Who's getting these teenage, teenagers pregnant? So let's be clear about who is to blame. But let's not dwell on that. Let's, let's dwell on how do we move forward? How do we ensure that we approach this in the way in which we are to approach it, and not from a moralistic perspective, but from a public health perspective, in the same way that we do not question and we shouldn't question the science behind coronavirus. We should not in the same way take a moralistic point of view as opposed to a public health, human rights point of view in dealing with teenage pregnancies. I've lived this life. I have experienced this in my family. Twice over, when my sister was pregnant when she was a teenager, the child she had when she was a teenager got pregnant when she was a teenager. And by the way, my mom is a very prayerful woman. God bless her soul. But that did not change the outcome because this is something that we just have to think about pragmatically. And I know it's an emotive subject. It makes us uncomfortable to think about adolescence and sex in the same context. It's led, it's nuanced. There are no easy solutions. But the thing that can only help us move forward is if we put our own personal bias to the side. And listen to adolescents. Let's listen to them for, for one second. What do they have to say? You know? But to always emphasize... They need to respect their dignity. They need to respect their rights. They need to respect their autonomy. Believe it or not, adolescents have autonomy and agency. So that's just the rant of the night. So remember the bill that I referred to in my rant? Here's members of parliament talking about it. So what, what is moving you should actually move me. 
So if it is moving you that 11-year-olds are getting pregnant and having triplets, it should equally move me. But we are not going to deal with it by shelving the bill. We must confront what is in our society. Just the other day I put it in my Facebook that there is a video ongoing of a 12- or 11-year-old girl performing oral sex on a child who looks like 9 years, while another one who looks like it's 10 is performing anal sex on her. And then we say, put aside this bill, what are you doing to, what are we doing to help those children? Let us stop this splitting of hairs between imaginary Christian lawyers and imaginary members. These members are born again Christians. I was an early bloomer. At 11 years, I started having my periods. Right up to the time when I went for surgery in New York, when the, 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 the government of Kenya didn't know how to deal with me, we'd be sitting here and I would suddenly be in a pool of blood from 11 years. What did anybody do to me? Nothing. What did I as an 11-year-old know how to do with it? Nothing. And I would be off school for seven days in a pool of blood. While we are theorizing that girls don't need, I was an adolescent at 11, up to 18 years, in a pool of blood, every month. And every time I went into hospital, especially by the time I went into university, raised in Christian standards, not sexually active, every month I was told I have aborted. Who will protect my voice to not be declared a person who is aborting because I am only going through what every other woman is suffering from. I have a grandchild who is going through the same process right now. She's lucky she asked me, I went through that. I am able to guide her through. It should not be accidental. We must protect by law so that a child who is 11 years in Remba Island in my constituency knows what to do because there is a health institution that can deal and can diagnose early that she has fibroids, which stopped me from having children. So now I'm bringing assisted reproduction, which we are theorizing that we don't need those children because it's ungodly. Please, let us be realistic about the realities that women and men face in this country. The reason why I support this bill, and I really hope that you understood when Millie was talking, Honorable Millie was talking, the pain and the suffering that you see when an 11-year-old gives birth to triplets, that this bill will be able to help her and many like her not be in that position. The pain that you see when children are abusing children. And during this pandemic, the things we're seeing on WhatsApp going round, where a mother is talking about her own son sleeping with her daughter and her daughter being pregnant because she's going to work and the children are at home. We have to stop wearing blinders. You know, uh, Mr. Kanjama, I want you to, you know, you keep saying, let's put it off, let's put it off so we can do it and we can interact, we can interact. Can I tell you, the interactions you had with Judy Sajeni in the last parliament, no, you, you didn't come back and say, this is what we feel we should do for our children. This is what we feel we should do for our society. Let's, this bill is not about being shelved right now. As Millie said, she's got another one. It's about us putting our heads together as quickly as possible to make sure that we safeguard the rights of women, children, boys, men in our society. It's not talking about eroding our values. Kanjama, you keep talking about values, 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 our values against their values. Let me tell you, 
values are values the uk europe america everywhere in the world africa everywhere has values our values are not unique the set of values are in of family are there for everyone i grew up with values my great great grandmother who never knew christianity because it had not come at that time she had a set of values too so i feel that we were here and we're interacting we're not fighting let us put the pain and the suffering of our women girls boys and men protected within the law we do not have masturbation for four-year-olds in the bill and if it is i would wish and i would want you to point out where you're getting that from instead of just saying do away with the bill do away with the bill give us a different way that you would like to see things phrased if that's the issue those were excerpts from the recent debate of the Reproductive Health Care Bill with voices of Honorable Milio Diambo, Honorable Esther Pasares, and Honorable Susan Kihika. So I sat down with my niece, the one I referred to in my rant, to get her advice. As a person who experienced teenage motherhood, I was interested in finding out what her take was, her advice to parents, teachers, and us. Personally, um, I feel like, I don't know if it's just in Africa or just in Kenya or everywhere else, but I feel like people need to be more open to talking about uh, sex, sex in general to their kids because it is happening, especially people of ages starting from 12, 13, already know what sex is, already know that the internet is there, like things are there. So if you don't talk about it with your kids, then they will find it somewhere else and they will be so uneducated and they'll be unpro unprotected when they do it. I mean, you're not. I'm not telling you to go tell your children to have, you know, sex, but it's okay to have a conversation about protected sex because, or yes, of course, ab abstinence is the best way. But it, I feel like it is. It should be okay to have to tell to have that conversation to tell them, you know, it's okay. I mean, I understand these are things of the world, but it's okay to say no, even if because there's pressure, there's peer pressure. Someone is gonna tell you, oh, my your friend, a personal friend, or you know, I went and I had sex, or it it felt like this because you're always curious. How did it feel? These are questions I I I encountered. Like, how did it feel? You're asking your friends, you know. And um, it shouldn't be that they go ask friends because they too don't know. So it should be okay for you as a parent, for you as a teacher, for you as a grandmother, an aunt or, or whatever, or even an older person that you feel like you're, you're, you're in care of an, a younger person. Just have a conversation and say, listen, this is what it is. This is how it is. It's best not to, if you can't be abstinent, that's, that's no, but don't feel like you, you should or you have to. Or if you do or if, if it ever happens, be careful because this is what can happen, you know. But, but in the, in the, right now it's more like, oh, don't do it because you will, if you get pregnant and come here with a pregnancy, you will see. You know, it's stuff like that. And now that, that it's not doesn't work like that. Or people are going to do abortions and dying from abortions. You know, would you rather lose your child or just have a conversation with your child about just things that are of the world and they're there? So that's um, my thing. Thank you so much for, for sharing. I have one last um, request. Mm. What do you wish you were told? What do I wish? I, I wish I wish someone spoke to me and told me, you know, 
Sex is a real thing. I mean, it's something that no more people do have. Um, and it will reach out a certain age that you will be very curious about what this is. And these are the consequences if you do this. I mean, these they are consequences such as, honestly, um, teenage pregnancy uh, puts your life on hold as opposed to if you want, if you have dreams and you have aspiration, doesn't necessarily stop your life, but it's like puts your life on hold for a minute, you know, compared to where you envision yourself. And if someone came and spoke to me and told me, you know, yes, there's condoms, yes, there's contraceptives in general, exactly. It's there. I mean, the best thing is, yes, try and, and, and get your, uh, be abstinent. Try and, and do that, but... Sex is something that it's not a taboo. It's not sidrinini. It's something that is real. And don't be afraid to come to me and speak to me. For me, I didn't want. I I, I was afraid of speaking to my mom, my whoever, you know, my anyone. I couldn't even come to you as my auntie, you know, because yeah. I felt like um, it will be like, I you why are you thinking about sex right now, mm. you know? I want to be able to come to you. So if you open for me, I feel like not even necessarily talk to me in the sense of like, oh, nini nini, just. Make an open relationship between you and whoever is younger than you or your your family or your, your daughters or, or even sons to be able to come and be open enough to speak about sex. Don't make it a taboo. I want to be able to come and tell you, listen, I had this encounter and what am I supposed to do, you know? Or I had sex. What am I supposed to do? I, I had unprotected sex. I want to be able to come and have conversations. I am sure other people want to have conversations because they don't have other people to talk to. So that's what I wish I had. And it's not like I blame, it's just because it's, it's been a taboo and I don't blame anyone. It's just, I feel like it should start now since it's not there. Yeah. One thing is clear. The fight to protect children, to protect adolescents, to protect women. The fight must go on. Thank you so much for listening.